the heater computer thing is broken, so the heater is set at like 69, and now it is at 72, and it will keep right, no, <laughs> don't praise God for that, it will keep rising until it's shut, until we shut it off, so now it's at 72, I came in this morning, it was 85, so I wore an overshirt today, because um, in our junior high, high school classroom, on the whiteboard, they have drawn pictures of me with sweaty armpits. And, and um, anyway, some of you do. Matthew 20, 20, 25, Jesus called them over and said, you know, the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and those in high positions act as tyrants over them. But it must not be like that among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is God's awesome word. Okay? Like you don't get much better than Matthew 20 here. And what this does, it puts a big exclamation point on uh, the whole section of 18 through 20. Okay, this is the mountaintop for the theme that Jesus has hit over and over and over and over of who will be great in the kingdom. Okay, who will inherit eternal life and, and how will they inherit eternal life? And so it builds to a climax here where the greatest in the kingdom is the slave and the greatest gives his life. And for this reason is exalted in the kingdom. Okay, does that make sense? Like it's not like God just hands out greatness in the coming age like candy. It, it, there's a reason for it. Okay? There's a way that, that you live and give yourself in love for God and love for other people that God from the height of the heavens looks at and says, great, rule over ten cities. Okay? Like this is, this is the deal. So that's where all of this um, is, is leading. Is Marilyn here? Marilyn, I wrote slow down on here just for you. Okay? So verse 17, we'll, we'll pick up. While going up to Jerusalem, Jesus took the 12 disciples aside privately and said, verse 18, see, we are going up to Jerusalem. And the disciples are like, yeah, everyone's going up to Jerusalem. It's Passover. Thank you, Captain Obvious Jesus. Okay. But after Jesus says this, he for the third time now predicts his death and, and resurrection. Okay. This is number Three, he says, the son of man will be handed over to the chief priests and scribes. They will condemn him to death. Then they will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. So I just need to point this out because of Kyrie and Kanye and everyone else. Both Jews and Gentiles are guilty in the crucifixion of Jesus. Okay. On the third day, though, he will be raised from the dead. So Jesus predicts not just the cross, but he also predicts the his resurrection. OK, I can predict my own death. No problem. OK, very, very easy. All right. I'm going to step in front of a car. Ta -da, I did what I said. I cannot predict my own resurrection. Only Jesus can do that. So if you're the guy who says I'm going to die and, and this way and then you die in this way, you're not a prophet. OK, but if you say I'm going to be raised on the third day and then on the third day you are raised. Well, we're going to listen to everything else. 
you have to say. So he predicts not just the cross, but the resurrection. And so even here, right, not not just at the cross, but here Jesus has Psalm 22 that Amanda read this morning. Amanda, that was just, we had church before we started this. Jesus has Psalm 22 in his mind right here, right? Psalm 22 begins famously, my God, my God, why, why have you forsaken me? And, and you take that and then you build all kinds of bad theology on top of it if you don't read the rest of Psalm 22, right? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The psalm begins, but it ends with the Lord hearing the cry. He says, I have not turned my face from you. I heard your cry and I will raise you up to rule all the nations, right? That's the, the whole. So Jesus is certain he will be crucified and die for the sins of the nation, just like Gabriel told Mary he would do right at the start of, of Matthew, way back when, when, when we started. And Jesus is certain the Father will raise him in glory, okay? Jesus is not walking up that hill carrying that cross like, I hope Dad takes care of me. He knows, okay? He's got Psalm 22 in his guts. And so just like the other instances where Jesus has flat out told his disciples what awaits him and what awaits them if they are to be his disciples, they don't get it, okay? Or they just simply refuse to hear it. So back up four chapters, Matthew 16, he tells Peter, and what does Peter say? May it never be, Lord. And and then Jesus says, Peter, shut up. That's Satan talking, okay? Matthew uh, 17, right after that, he tells them again. And if you you read it, they kind of just go, what? Like they don't even respond, really. They just kind of like, oh, we didn't hear you, okay? They're not responding, To what Jesus has been laying out for them uh, for two years so far. Jesus so far has said yes to kingdom. Yes to to glory. Yes to vindication. But first, mercy for sinners. First, suffering. First, a, a cross. They get the glory. They get the kingdom. They're right about that. But they're missing this. And so for lots of reasons, it's hard for them to understand this before the resurrection, right? After the resurrection, they start preaching in the book of Acts. And it's like, oh. They, they get it, okay? Okay, I won't go into it. Um, we're on the other side of this, and we still have difficulty grappling with it, right? That we know about the kingdom, we know about glory, we, we know about vindication, and, and we've seen the whole story. We've had it in our, we have it on our cell phones, um, and in books, and in all, all kinds of things, and we still grapple with the cross before the kingdom, okay? Even though we've seen the whole story. So let's have some mercy on the disciples. So Jesus has said, uh, verse chapter 19 that Stoney preached, you guys uh, who've left everything, 12 thrones for you, okay? Governing the, the, the nation, the tribes of Israel. Then he has said here, cross, and they don't want to hear it or talk about it, so they move right back to thrones, right? They're just like, oh, no, we're not doing that. We're going we're gonna to stay here. And so then they send in mom, right? Which is smart. Just moms get get stuff done. Verse 20, then the mother of Zebedee's sons approached him. Okay, so can you picture this? Like, hey, yeah, Jesus, we we heard the cross thing, but mom wants to ask you something. I don't know what she's going to ask you, but you got to, you know what I mean? Like playing innocent here. (laughs) I don't know what she said, Jesus, but she wants to talk to you. So she knelt down to ask him for something. And she said, promise that these two sons of mine may sit. On your right and the other on your left in your kingdom. Okay? 
So mom comes and said, I, I heard what you said about the thrones. I wasn't really paying attention during the crucifixion and flogging part, but I heard the thrones thing. Can you honor my sons in the kingdom? Okay, when, when, when you're ruling the nations from Zion, when the Gentiles are bringing their glory into the holy city and they're coming up to, to learn the instruction of the Lord, and the law is going out from that mountain and the glory of God is covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. When, when this uh, 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 vision of the age to come is happening, Jesus, can James and John sit next to you? Okay, can they sit in the places of honor with you. And so I want to vindicate mom here. There, there's nothing wrong with this question. Okay? This is, this is a, a good question. She has a clear understanding of what the kingdom of God is. Informed by the prophets. Okay, She's asking this because she's read her Bible. And two, she loves her kids. Right? Like she loves her kids. She wants them to be great. And all of you parents feel the same. Okay? No, no believing parent thinks like, eh, I don't care what they do with their lives. Right? Like you guys care. You want them to love Jesus and follow Jesus and live in such a way that Jesus honors and Jesus exalts and, and Jesus um, lifts up and, and, and elevates. So Jesus doesn't correct your expectations about the kingdom. Okay, he doesn't say, you silly, primitive, nationalistic, legalistic, unspiritual Jewish lady, what is all this earthly kingdom talk? What about the thrones? Don't you know I've changed all this? No, he doesn't do that. He doesn't say, lady, what a dumb request. This is a good request. It is a request that's full of faith and trust that Jesus actually is the Messiah, that Jesus actually will rule in the coming age from David's throne in his father's house in David's city. And so the mom knows who she's talking to, right? This is not an ignorant question she's asking. You're the guy. You're going to establish the kingdom. And can my sons be next to you in the place of honor? Okay. So Jesus doesn't correct what the kingdom is. But he does have to inform her that she and they haven't put it together yet. That the kingdom requires a cross. Okay. Jesus cross in a unique way. Okay. And all who would follow after Jesus in another way. Right there. Similar, but but they are different. So the issue here is is not the kingdom, but the cross before it, which is like kind of the contention of the your entire New Testament. Is like there's no question about the kingdom of God. The question is how to inherit it. Okay, who's going to inherit it? So verse 22, she asks him, and then Jesus says, "You, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink?" And when he says that, he's talking about if you. Growing up in Bible land, the, the cup of suffering in death, okay? All four Gospels record this statement, which, I mean, they're all important, but when all four of them are saying it, it's pretty important. Matthew 26, later in this Gospel, Jesus in the garden fell face down and prayed, My Father, if possible, let this cup pass me by. I'd rather not, right? Let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. So this is the cup of, of suffering. In Jesus' case, it's a cup of suffering for the sake of others, right? We get to verse 28 to give his life as a ransom for many. Like you, you, you see the progression where it's going. A cup of suffering for the sake of others. It's, it's a cup of choosing faithfulness to God in the face of temptation, right? Because back to Matthew 4, what does the devil offer Jesus, right? You can have all the kingdoms, right? You can have it. No cross here. I'll just give it to you. Bow down and worship me. And what's Jesus do? Nah, man. 
No, I'm going to get it. Okay, I, you know, it's not a not a question of, of who's going to get all of this. The deal is, I'm going to carry a cross first. I'm going to give my life in love and service for the sake of others. So Jesus continues, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup I'm about to drink? And they say, we are able. Okay. Again, if you grow up in Bible land, you know where this is going, right? They say, we are able. Now, I don't know if I should read this as a statement uh, that, that's full of faith, right? Like, yes, Jesus, we, we will drink the cup you'll drink. We will be baptized with the baptism and we'll follow you no matter what. Bring on, bring on the cup. Okay, like a good, just faithful statement to their master saying, yes, we're able to do it. We'll drink it. We'll do the thing. Or maybe this is a presumptuous thing on their part. Like they're just skipping the cross again. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. We get the cross. We get the cup. Whatever. We're able to drink it. What about the thrones? I, I don't know what they're thinking here. Either, either way, verse 23, he tells them, you will indeed drink the cup. Can you drink the cup? We're able. Well, good, because you're going to. Again, not the cup of the wrath of God. Jesus alone takes that, but the cup of suffering for the sake of bearing witness to, to God's mercy towards the wicked. Okay, You will drink the cup of martyrdom for the sake of love. They will drink that cup to the dregs. You will indeed drink that cup. Okay, So if you know the story, know where this is going, initially... The disciples fail at drinking the cup. Okay? Right? It doesn't... I mean, we're, guys, we are, we're in Matthew 20. Um, we are just hightailing it towards the cross after this. Like, we're going to get there quickly. They fail initially, though, at, at drinking it. They fall asleep, right? Could you guys not just stay awake for an hour? Okay? Then they flee from, from the garden, right? Soldiers show up. Peter stays and... Dukes it up a little bit, but the rest of them flees. One of them naked, apparently, in John's gospel. I don't know what's going on there. And then Peter, what does Peter do? do you, you're, you're with Jesus, right? And Peter says, the, you talking about, right? He curses at them, says, says I, I don't know. So initially, this we are able to drink the cup that, that you will drink, Jesus, initially, that's just hot air, okay? Initially, it, it, it's, it's not real. They start as Failures. Okay? They start as failures, but they do not finish as failures. Okay? They don't finish as failures. Jesus said, you will indeed drink the cup. You will indeed give your lives in in sacrificial love and faithfulness to God. You will indeed, Matthew 10, suffer persecution and be killed. And the cup that I drink, Mark 10, you will drink. And the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. They they will do all of this stuff. So they start with a failure in their yes to Jesus, but they don't end that way. Okay? They they don't end that way. And it's really important that you get that. Okay? If you are a disciple of Jesus, whether you've been doing it for 80 years or five minutes, it's really important that you don't see initial failure as the end of, of the story. As it concerns following Jesus. So let's just step out of of Matthew's story for a second and be encouraged with this. You might have told Jesus, I'm able to drink the cup. Okay? I I will follow you wholeheartedly, no matter what it takes, no matter what comes. I'm able. I'll do it, Jesus. I'm going to put my hand to the plow and never look back. And you put your hand to the plow and then you look back. That's been no one's experience in here, has it? Okay, 
You said, Jesus, no matter what, no matter what it takes, I will follow you wherever you go. But you failed at it. Push came to shove and you gave into temptation. Okay, sexually, you had a choice between following Jesus or following your flesh and you chose your flesh. Financially, you had a choice to follow Jesus or your greed and you chose your greed. Uh, Emotionally, relationally, you had a choice to to follow Jesus and showing mercy and forgiveness. And you chose wrath and bitterness in the realm uh, of discipleship. You had an opportunity to share the gospel with an unbeliever or encourage and love a fellow believer. And you chickened out. You failed. Okay, let's call a spade a spade. You, You failed. You said, I am able. And then you fell asleep in the garden. And the soldiers showed up and you ran and they asked you if you know Jesus. And you said, I don't know the man. You failed. So let this interaction encourage you. Initial failure is not final destiny. It's just not. It's just not. These men tucked their tails and ran from Jesus. But later they gave it all for Jesus. Not how you start. You got to start. It's not how you start, though. It's how you finish the thing. Initially, they denied the cup, and later they drink that thing in full, and we honor them for it today, right? Initially, they failed. And so with humility and with repentance before God and with honesty before God, this is your destiny too, disciple of Jesus. This is the deal. So sign up again this morning, okay? November 20th, 1001, 10.02. Sign up again this morning, leave the past in the past, press on for the upward prize and say, yes, again, I will drink the cup. I said I would drink it yesterday. I had an opportunity to. I didn't. This morning I'm saying, yes, I will drink the cup. I'll do it. I'll I'll finish the race. Micah 7, 8 is just you need this in your toolbox as a disciple. Do not gloat over me, O my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Press on, okay? Members of Christian Life Church, press on. Sign up. You failed, press delete. Sign up again. Don't let an early failure in discipleship keep you off the path completely, okay? Get back up and finish the race. These guys did, okay? You can do it. The Spirit of God is with you, come alongside you, helping you. And if you will, okay, if you will not quit after initial failure of, of faithfulness, but if you will, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade, walk in repentance and walk in humility before God, carry a cross and drink all the different cups that come your way, glory follows. Okay? Like, like, like we're, we're not going to be bashful about what the Bible says about suffering, but we're also not going to be bashful about what the Bible says about the glory that follows, right? Like, like that's, that's the point. Like you, you, you moms, right? You women, okay, who give birth, you're not like, oh, I just love giving birth. You're like, I love babies, right? Like there's a point to the thing. Like it's it's going somewhere. So you walk through this thing faithfully, not perfectly, but faithfully turning to the Lord again and again and again and again and again. At the end of the age, the age to come, glory follows, which is Jesus' whole point here, right? She asked, who's going to sit here? And Jesus can't tell her exactly. He says, that's not up to me. The Father has prepared this for people. But it's definitely going to be the ones who drink the cup, Okay. This is who will sit with me. He's already said this, Matthew 19, okay? 
So who sits at Jesus' right and left in the coming kingdom? It's cup drinkers. It's those who give their lives for the sake of love like Jesus did. Okay? Right? Servant cannot be any different than its master, Jesus says in Luke. So only those who suffer with Jesus, who bear a cross with Jesus, who drink a cup with Jesus, will reign with Jesus. Okay? This is how the apostles talk about it post-resurrection. Um, Romans 8, we are God's children, and if children, heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with the Messiah, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. Okay? It's both. If indeed we suffer with him, we will be glorified with him. Second Thessalonians 1, this is really um, awesome. Therefore, so he's writing to them, we ourselves boast about y'all. About your perseverance and your faith in all the persecutions and afflictions that you are enduring, all the cups that you're drinking. It is clear evidence of God's righteous judgment. Okay, so what's the evidence? Okay, it's that they're enduring the different cups in this age faithfully, right? Oh, you, yeah, you're disciples of Jesus because this, this thing's coming, this thing's coming, this thing's coming. And you guys are getting knocked down, you're getting back up, you're getting knocked down, you're getting back up, you're pressing delete, sign up, saying yes again, and doing the thing, doing the thing, doing the thing. Paul says, that's clear evidence, okay? And we boast about it all over. And then what's the payoff for drinking these cups that you will be counted worthy of God's kingdom for which you are also suffering? Okay? And when is the payoff for that? Do we have it up here? When is the payoff for that? This will take place at the revelation, at the revealing, at the unveiling of the Lord Jesus from the heavens with his mighty angels when he takes vengeance with flaming fire on those who do not know God and those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's the same pattern, cross and then kingdom. It's what Jesus has said over and over and over and over. The disciples on the other side of Pentecost are saying the same thing over and over and over and over. And I'm trying to do the same thing every Sunday, okay? Over and over and over and over. Yes, glory. Yes, kingdom. And we'll gladly carry a cross before it. Okay, uh, uh, first Peter four. Also awesome. Dear friends, beloved, don't be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes on you to test you like the cup tested Jesus. Right. Not my will. The years be done. I'll do it. Okay. don't be surprised when the cup comes as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, rejoice as you share in the sufferings of Christ so that you also may rejoice with great joy when. When's the rejoicing happen? When his glory is revealed. When the heavens open with flaming fire and mighty angels and every eye sees him. Then you will rejoice when his glory is revealed. If you are ridiculed for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Sounds like Peter was there at the Sermon on the Mount. And took notes and said, I'm going to, yeah, we're going to keep, this is good. We'll keep it. Okay. You are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Let none of you suffer as an idiot. But if anyone suffers as a, it doesn't say idiot, but you got it. Let none of you suffer as an idiot. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in having that name. Verse 19. So then let those who suffer according to God's will and trust themselves to a faithful creator while doing what is good. Cross then kingdom. Okay. Cup then throne. Philippians 3. That all these things that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And. The fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. 
Can you drink the cup I am about to drink? We are able. You will indeed drink it. You will experience the glory of the resurrection. You will sit on thrones in the age to come. And you will carry a cross before it. This is what he tells his disciples. This is what he tells his apostles. This is what he's telling us. Don't think it's strange when when the cups come. Don't think it's strange when, when the trials come. It's worth it to follow Jesus faithfully in that moment and say, yes, I got all this other stuff going on, all these other distractions and temptations and whatever, right? From my flesh or the devil or other people. Like what, you know, like we've got like multiple enemies going on here. Okay. The mirror is the main one, like that person there. Got all this stuff going on, but I want to like Jesus to the cross, make my face like Flint and, and stay on the path. Carry the cross that I may know him in the power of resurrection. And share in the fellowships of his sufferings. First, or Second Timothy 2.12. For if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, if we drink the cup, we will also reign with him. <laughs> if you can drink the cup, you will sit on the thrones. I don't know who's right next to me. Right? We don't know that yet either. But you will sit on thrones. And again, he's not pointing them away from the expectation of the kingdom. He's just got to deal with their hearts and give them clarity about the cross so that they can actually inherit it. Okay? And I know, like, um, you know, teachers and coaches and whatever can prepare you and prepare you and prepare you and prepare you and say it and say it and say it and say it and say it. But until they get on the field <laughs> and actually have to, like, okay, what did coach say? Right? And, and so these, these apostles are, are girded up with good instruction and good teaching before their time of trial. Right? And so when the persecution comes, when the martyrdom comes, they're, they're, they're just thinking, oh, this is just what he said in Matthew 10. This is just what he told us in Matthew 20. And then in Acts, he says, they counted, they get they, they, <laughs> They're out and, they, and, and they're preaching and it's causing... Um, a ruckus, they get thrown in prison, they get beat up, and then they come back rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for the name. It's like, y'all, what is going on? They said, it's just what he said. It's just, he told us this. And trust me, the payoff is worth it. The payoff is worth it. Paul's later going to say, I count these present sufferings as light and momentary affliction. And Paul's are like actual real. So, yeah. Light, momentary, they're just preparing for me an eternal weight of glory beyond compare to that day when all my tears shed now are, are wiped away, pain is gone, so, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a, it, it, just do the math, okay? 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years of, of saying yes to Jesus imperfectly in humility and repentance and then ages and ages and ages and ages of glory. And life and love and joy and peace and on and on and on and on. So Jesus is saying, I'm saying, do the math, which I rarely say. Right, right. But but do do the math, okay? And the way Jesus does this is not simply by teaching it and saying it. Jesus teaches this by showing it, okay? Jesus leads the way to the kingdom. Yes, he is the way, the truth, and the life. But before that, Jesus leads the way. To the cross, verse 24, when the disciples heard this, <laughs> they became indignant with the two brothers. Right. Trying to pull a fast one, huh? Getting your mom in here? Pathetic, you know? Like, 
And then Jesus rebukes them again, not for their expectation, but for their hearts and and their refusal to see the cross. So Jesus called them over and he said, you know, the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. Those in high positions act as tyrants over them. They, They use their positions not to love and serve but to be served. So if you have any kind of, 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 of governmental authority as a boss or teacher or coach or whatever, you're there. God has set you there to love and serve people. As Jesus will, will show. So this is how they act. Verse 26, but not so among you. You're calling, you 12, 11. Mattias later. Your calling is to 12 thrones in the coming age. You cannot use your position to abuse. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you, the one who wants to sit at my right and my left in the kingdom, then must be your servant now. Whoever wants to be first among you, then must be your slave now. And then what is the example? What does Jesus say to drive this home? Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the path to glory for endless ages. Okay? Serving. Being a slave. In, in God's economy, how he has set this up to run, the greatest goes low and offers up his life for the sake of others. And God calls that great. He calls it great. This is what God highly exalts, self-sacrifice and service for the sake of others. So Paul writes, you know, we had to do Philippians 2. We had to. Paul writes, do nothing then from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, regard others as better than yourselves. Wash their feet, carry a cross. Verse 4, let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. Wash feet, carry a cross. And, and how do we know what this looks like, right? It's not just... Teaching, we get a movie, right? We get to, we get to see the thing. Let this same mind be in you. That was where in Messiah Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God, right? His status as sovereign over all. He didn't use that as something to be exploited. No, he came to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus, verse seven, emptied himself of his right to be served, taking the form of a slave and serving for the well-being of everyone else. This is what slaves do. This is what servants do. They give themselves for the sake of other people and being found in human form. Christmas is coming. He humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death. Can you drink the cup that I'm about to drink? We are able. You will indeed drink the cup. You, I'm going to be obedient to the point of death. Not my will, but yours be done. You will be obedient to the point of death. Obviously, you don't have record of, of this, but you, you got to think the disciples as they're going to their deaths are, are praying like Jesus prayed. Not my will, but you're redone. If it's possible, let this cup pass me by. But if this is what's necessary to for the love of God to be shown to the world, right? God, God shows his love. God make, reveals his love in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This has got to be on the lips and the hearts and the minds of the apostles as they're giving themselves and drinking the cup. He humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So... And this is all awesome, right? This is fine by itself, but Paul keeps going. 
He paints this picture of the life of Jesus as a servant that culminates in a cross for the sake of others. And what is God's response to that sort of life? What's the therefore, therefore? (laughs) Therefore, because of this, because of a, a sacrificial life for the sake of others, therefore God has also highly exalted your name. Yeah. <laughs> and given him the name that's above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue confess that Jesus, the Talboy, is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Okay? So this is the sort of life Jesus lives. It's a life of service and cross-bearing for the sake of others, and this is the life that God approves of. This is the pattern of living that leads to resurrection and exaltation in the age to come. Okay, so two believers this morning, two two disciples, followers of Jesus, I want to encourage you with this. Jesus is still this way towards you. Okay, Jesus didn't give his life, son of man, come to serve and then stop serving at his exaltation. Jesus is still serving you. Okay, He, he, he didn't say I'm done with the slave thing. I'm done with the servant thing. This is who he is. Okay, if uh, if Moses could have appeared into the glory right up on the mountain, Lord, show me your glory. He would have seen a humble Jewish man with a towel and basin. Okay, this is who he is, though he is seated at the father's right hand. He still stoops, stoops low to love and serve you. Okay, Jesus is always will be forever will be a servant. You know, who's serving our drinks in the age to come. That guy. For unbelievers this morning, Jesus is still this way towards you. Okay? He came to give his life as a ransom to buy you out of the slavery of sin and death. Isaiah 53, out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. And he shall bear their iniquities. If you're an unbeliever this morning, that Jesus died for you, gave his life for you, not because you're awesome. If you were awesome, he wouldn't have needed to do this. Jesus died for you, Isaiah 53, therefore I will divide him a portion with many. He shall divide the spoil with the strong, yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve And to give his life as a ransom for many. So if you don't know what that means. If you you don't understand the cross of Jesus for your sake. The resurrection of Jesus is a down payment for eternal life. Talk to a member of our church if you're sitting next to them. They can tell you what it means to repent and put your hope in Jesus. And fumble and stumble along the path until glory. Okay. Or you can talk to me or any of our um, elders later today. Okay. Jesus is the servant of all, I and mean, that's highlighted in the cross, it's really highlighted at Christmas, so I would just encourage you guys, meditate on these things, think on these things, however awesome you think Jesus is, is um, times a billion, okay? Man, would you come help us? Let's pray, sorry. Father, um, we are just grateful um, this Thanksgiving Weak, God, that you so loved the world that you gave your son, that whoever puts their trust in him, God, will live forever. You didn't send Jesus to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. So we thank you for 
the, the example of, of service, the example of self-giving, self-sacrificial love. Help us by the Spirit walk this thing out. God, for, for those, um, uh, First John, whose hearts are condemning them on every side because of, they said yes, then they failed. Um, God, your love is greater than our hearts. So I ask that they would get up today, press delete on what's past, sign up today, say yes to wholeheartedness, to to following you in in faithfulness, carrying a cross, drinking the cups that come um, for the sake of your name. In Jesus' name, everyone said.